Hey, it's Anna Sale, and I want to thank you for listening to Death, Sex, and Money, where I explore the big questions and hard choices that are often left out of polite conversation. You can hear new episodes ad-free every week on Amazon Music, where you can find Death, Sex, and Money and all of your Slate favorites without the ads. I want to thank you for listening and for all your support as we at Death, Sex, and Money have made our move to Slate. Your stories, voice memos, and emails have meant so much to the team. As part of this transition, there's a new way to support our show financially at Slate, our new home. And you'll get something special in return. Subscribe to Slate Plus, and you'll not only support our work on death, sex, and money, you'll get access to new benefits, including listening to us and all of the other great shows Slate makes, like Slow Burn and Dakota Ring, without any ads or sponsor breaks. To subscribe, just click Try Free at the top of the Death, Sex, and Money show page on Apple Podcasts or visit slate.com slash DSM plus to get access wherever you listen. Thanks. Hi, it's Anna. Actor Mahershala Ali just got an Academy Award nomination for his role in the movie Moonlight. Ten months ago, he was on stage with us in Brooklyn as part of a live show. I talked with Mahershala along with his wife, Amatus. Their conversation was part of a big episode that we released after that show, but we wanted to re-release their conversation in case you missed it. Because we caught Mahershala and Amatus at a moment just before their lives would radically change, before all the Oscar buzz for Mahershala and before they were expecting their first child. They announced the pregnancy in December. When we were together, Mahershala and Amatus told me about how they met at NYU, about their shared Muslim faith, and about the compromises they're willing to make for work and those they aren't. Here's our conversation from last March on stage at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. Mahershala, I want you to take me back to when you were an acting student at NYU and you noticed this woman, Amatus. Wow. <laughs> What, what do you remember about her Lord. at that point? Oh, that's, that's good, because... <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. See, I wasn't particularly good at talking to, to women. <laughs> and so I was in grad school. I was a little bit of a late bloomer with a lot of things. But um, so I was in grad school. She was in the undergrad program. I had a friend who also went to NYU Went to, went to undergrad, so he was in ETA, the same studio she was in. You were in ETA, right? ETW. ETW, sorry. ETW, ETW. what's that stand for? Uh, Experimental Theater Wing. Yeah. All right. So, An artist. The yes. N- NPR of... Yeah. The- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my buddy who had graduated from ETW was the same year as I was in the grad program. So we would be like leaving the building. We were on the fifth floor. The grad students were coming in and out. It's... Small program. And I'd see these, like, this pack of girls who used to kind of, like, run together. And it was a pack of girls. <laughs> I'm telling this story. So, <laughs> so and, she, you know, she's very much individual. She would be in and out, but she would still be with the pack of girls. Oh. And I used to say to, to Andre, I'd be like, yo, man, I'm a tooth, man. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm a tooth, brother. So <laughs> I, I was just trying to figure out how I was going to approach this. Considering that I don't talk to women all that well. So, so you got to know, this is a long time ago. This is, 90, this is 97, so it's not necessarily corny to say. You got to think 
the poetry slam era. Like I'm from the I'm from the Bay Area, so like that cool. that's a very yeah, real yes, thing yeah, then, yeah. you know. But anyway, so I was like, hmm. So I wrote this little poem and I walked around with that joint in my backpack for like a month. And then finally, I ran into Amatus, and it seemed like the appropriate time to give it to her. Oh my! So I give her this on paper. I, I give her this poem. It was a postcard. Oh. She says she still has it. <laughs> I give her this poem, and no response. Like she doesn't really say anything. I run into her. I'm a little embarrassed about it now because she never mentions it. She goes to London for a year. The year later, like we never connect. And then my third year my third and last year of, of grad school, her senior year of, of college, ran into her, invited, ran into a friend of hers, invited her to a show. Okay, when do I get reconnect. to... Okay, come so, on in. Jump in. Your, your turn. Whatever Dang. she says, that's how it really happened. <laughs> so what happened okay, your so, senior year and when he was in his third anyway, year? Anyway. He's in a, a really good-looking guy, right? <laughs> so, like, literally, he's like... The most attractive person on the campus. <laughs> like, he played basketball in college. And, um, and I am a super nerd and a late bloomer as well, as most many college students are when you really look at, peel that layer back. So I'm like, what? Like, I just didn't even know what to do with that information and didn't even... <laughs> Didn't even really date that much, and, you know, anyway. So you got a postcard from the hottest guy on campus, and you decided you just couldn't deal. Ignore me. <laughs> Literally ignored me. That's cool. It worked out. That's <laughs> cool. Anyway, that's like a dissertation, right? Yeah, it's you a know. long story, but yeah. it, it worked out. So then you both moved on from NYU. <laughs> And you weren't in touch for many, many years, right? Like, yeah. it, it, like I ran into her one time, uh, like once, like twice. So we saw each other in California one time in like 2001. Because uh, and then we saw each other again in like maybe like 2003 at this conference thing, and that we like ran into each other and connected real quick. But after that, we didn't talk for nine, ten years. So when you heard from Mahershala. After those nine or ten years, what was happening in your life, Amatus? Um, yeah, it's a lot. So I had gone through probably like a, a total of three uh, deaths to gun violence. Um, and I really stepped into a different vortex. And it's one of those cliche examples of you never know what's going to happen in your life. And I'm the only one in my family to go to college, got a full scholarship. I actually went to a private school for, um, for high school on a school full scholarship. And so I, w- I really was living this dichotomous life um, that all came crashing to a crazy head um, and gave me just a lot of information to really pick myself up and really choose a lot of things for my, for my life as well. Um, I grew up in a really religious household and all the other stuff. Anyway, by the time we reconnected, um, I think I was a thousand percent sure about what I truly wanted in my life and had been praying and just doing a whole bunch of things to reclaim a lot of things. And, uh, and I was, you know, just present and ready to, 
to to be to be guided. Oh, whoa! Oh, <laughs> yeah. To marry a comedian. <laughs> When you say when you say you got clearer about what you wanted, what what changed? Um, I, I guess um, really simply, I never really thought I would ever get married, to be honest. And um, and you know, I was just ravenous for information, doing things, tra- like just what I'm here, world, let's keep going. And um, and a lot of my friends are like that too. My I come, my parents were divorced, so. It just wasn't something that really was on my radar, to be honest, and I wasn't um, upset about it at all. But when you go through a tragedy or something crazy that like tears your crap up, you then really realize and decide you're not going to take anything for granted. And so it was the first time in my life that I um, that I was like, "Wow, okay, I I really can't go through anything serious ever again by myself." And and it was just something that clicked and was like, yeah, now I know why people get married. <laughs> One of the reasons. <laughs> One of the reasons. Like, because real stuff be happening. And, <laughs> like, and real stuff. Mahershala, did you have a sense of what was going on in her life when you reached out? Um, no. Um, <laughs> I didn't because we hadn't talked. Yeah. But, like, once I, once we did start talking, I could tell that she was... It was obvious to me that she had been deeply affected by experiences that she had when we first knew each other, and but that she was climbing out of something, you know. And I think as we began to talk, because she was in New York and I was in Los Angeles, like it was just a, it was we were communicating a lot. We were just talking every day, so there wasn't anything real physical happening. Wait, so it's like late great. night phone calls with a, a three-hour time difference. That's sort yeah, of thing? yeah, and w- it was a, there was just an emphasis on the communication and like really becoming friends because in the, most relationships people are within cl- close proximity to one another and it becomes about other things very quickly and things begin to shut down. Like you don't work as hard to get to know each other, and because we were so far away from each other, um, and I was busy working and. Did, doing my thing or whatever that we it was all about talking and so I could tell that she was in a in a, a period of transition and kind of clearing her slate and getting her head together as was I I was just a little bit I think in that time I think she would admit that I was just a little bit further along in a certain way because I'd had I was very clear about where I when I reached out to her the reason I reached out to her was because I was very clear about where I was at so I was coming into it with a clean slate. You, you know? were coming. You, you were reaching out with very serious intentions. I was, just, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I know. Yeah, I was. I was like, where? So where are you at? Essentially, like, because what's the point? Like, you're not just running around to be dating just to be dating. I'm pushing forty. Like, uh, uh, oh, it was. Uh, time. You know, I've done that. Like, this is like I know she. I know she's a serious person. She's extraordinarily intelligent. She's about the right things, spiritually grounded, a beautiful person. So I, I, I reached out like, so where are you at in your life? And, and at a certain point was really upfront about it. But, you know, but still, it's, I could tell she was, she was in a place of transition. So, yeah. and, and I want to know a little bit more about how you got to that place because you went to college on an athletic scholarship initially. Mm-hmm. You played basketball, got kind of turned off by the culture of 
college athletics yeah. and then decided to commit your life to theater, to acting. Right. How do you think going through that process of college athletics, playing on a team, but also learning about the commerce of it, how has that shaped the way you think about your work now? Well, one thing that never totally jived with me with athletics, I grew up playing sports as early as four years old. I was competing very seriously. I was, first, I started in BMX racing and later on got into basketball and all this stuff. But I never, I never really related to that whole thing about beating someone else. That just, it's just not my spirit. And so I, I did, I played basketball. I'm a, I'm a goal-oriented person. At least I was for a time. Maybe that shifted, but I could be very driven by goals. And so it became this goal to get to go to school for free because otherwise I wasn't going. And so I got a basketball scholarship, and that was great, and, and my education was paid for. But what, what spoke to me when I compare the two, what I've learned about it is that acting is about being your best self. I'm not going to outact somebody. I got now your mouse my work may resonate to you more than the person's work that's standing next to me but I have to be my best self and what I love about that is I can take personal responsibility for that I can control that but when you start going when you become competitive and it's about beating someone else even if you quote unquote beat them that doesn't mean that you're your best self you just did enough to beat them mm-hmm. so I'm I'm more so about working my own stuff out and getting down into my own blocks and whatnot and trying to to work through those things and live as honestly and truthfully as possible because I feel like that all carries into your work as well. So, and, you know, but did I kind of answer yeah. your question? I, yeah. I see, or anything. I see why you are looking out for a spiritually yeah. grounded woman. Yeah. I, I hear that. <laughs> uh, so you were both Muslim. You converted when you were a teenager, Mahershala. Mm, I was twenty. I was twenty-five. Twenty-five. So you're out of college. I was in grad, grad school. school. I was in you my last in year of graduate school. What happened? I had before we met. So my mom's a my mom's an ordained minister. My grandmother's an ordained minister. My mother's sister. Like I come from a very serious pocket of Christians, like hardcore. So yeah, her mother, her father, excuse me, is an imam. So. I left home very early. I left home at like 16, moved in with my grandparents. I needed to have, my dad was on Broadway, so my dad was an oh. actor. So my parents are polar opposites, you know, in terms of just how they approach life. Not good or bad, I'm just, they're, they're very different. different. They're, my father's deceased, but they were very different. So I just needed more space to take in the world, especially being influenced by, like my mom would say, you know, you ain't going to heaven unless you believe in Jesus Christ. My dad would say, Jesus ain't God. Like, you know, so like that was my upbringing. So I needed the space to kind of like come to terms with those things for myself. So in grad school, being in New York, I'm from the Bay Area. I was in New York. It's moving. It's fast. There's like, especially Brooklyn in 97, 2000 is a very different Brooklyn, very conscious, very uh, artistic and like Black stars running around and Erica Badu's down the street and Rosie's over there. Like you got Brooklyn is like Spike Lee's Brooklyn still, you know. And so it was it's about being awake. And and so a person like me who's very porous, I'm taking that in and trying to come to terms with what I'm going through spiritually. And so I began reading some books um, and what spoke to me about Islam 
was that it was the emphasis on God's oneness and that all men, even Muhammad, were men. They were messengers. Like they're not to be worshipped. They're they're people, you know, and that was one of the things that attracted me. But the biggest thing was I went with her and her mother first time I went to a mosque. So I go in, make the prayer, and it's in Arabic. I don't understand a word of it. And I'm kind of following the brothers around, doing all the prostrations and whatnot, and I just start crying. And I was like, what? And I'm not really going through anything in that, at that moment. So things are pretty dang good, actually. And I just have this really strong response where this prayer is like resonating in my body, and I'm like crying. So that was the first time. I woke up a week later, and I get up, and I go, I got to go to the mosque. I just woke up and like, I got to go to the mosque. Long story short, I converted that day. I called her. I said, I converted. She said, you did what? (laughs) She said, I converted. I won't say what mosque I I, I did it at. But she goes, where? I said, I went to such and such mosque. She goes, they're crazy over there. (laughs) What? No, you did not. I was like, yeah. It's like, no, they're crazy. Hold on. So next thing you know, I had these other brothers calling me in. I got taken care of, but, yeah. So, so Amatrice, I want to ask, you, you both, you married in 2013, and it was a time when Mahershala's career is kind of exploding with House of Cards happening. He's in a movie in June, Free State of Jones with Matthew McConaughey. You're going to be in a Marvel superhero show on Netflix, Luke Cage. All of this is happening as your marriage, you know, you're three years in. How has your faith together sort of structured how you think about success and dealing with success together? How do you talk about it? Um, I don't know. It, it, we, we don't have conversations about success in that kind of way. I mean, he's having his own experience with success and, and what that means for him. Um, and it's amazing to see specifically his career grow. So it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. Marshall, does your faith ever feel like it's in tension with Hollywood? You mean in friction? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. Like I, I have to, when I read projects, when things pop up for me that I feel like are kind of counterintuitive to what, the faith requires of me, I have to figure that out a little bit. You Can you know? tell and me a little so, bit more about Well, that? for instance, like, you know, there's stuff on House of Cards. They're like, so I don't do sim- simulated sex scenes, right? And, but I also can't get in the way of the story they want to tell. So it's like, how do we go about doing this and you get what you want and then I don't walk away with just a bunch of just, Islam dirt on me, you know what I mean? Just a bunch of just muddy spiritual stuff on me, you know what I mean? Just so I can kind of stay true to to my journey and my path, but also not get in the way of the story that needs to be told. It doesn't mean you can't be the love interest. It doesn't mean that you can't be a sexual being in something, but do I need to be like bumping and grinding and doing a bunch of stuff with the girl and flipping her over? Like, no, nah, I don't really need to be doing that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Nah, like, nah. You can nah. suggest some other camera angles. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, you know, pan over to the flower shaking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mahershala, Ali, and Amatus, thank you so much for thank being you. here tonight. Thank you.
Go see Mahershala in the movie Moonlight. You won't regret it. And you can check out Amatus's work at amatusart.com. And you can see a very charming gif from their baby shower from Amatus's Instagram on our website at deathsexmoney.org. There's also a link there to the entire live show that they were a part of in Brooklyn.